Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to and hopefully enjoy. Joining me today is Juliana, say hello. Hi everyone. And uh, this book is an interesting book. Um, I actually finished it a while ago, maybe like a week and a half or two weeks ago or something. I'm actually then another book ahead, so some of these uh, episodes uh, are me waiting for Juliana to catch up. Yeah, well, I mean, this was a bit uh, of a, a difficult undertaking. Well, it wasn't so much a difficult undertaking. The point is, though, that I was like, oh, I really want to listen to another. I have to find another audio. But, you know, I'd finished the previous book. Oh, yeah. what book am I going to read next? Yeah. And I was looking through a book and I said, there's two books that I, I'm thinking of reading. Yeah. And and I uh, and uh, because I oh this is it I'd listen to the um, the Nebula Award show on the uh, on the incomparable podcast their book club right. and they always yeah. read all of the nominees of the Nebula Awards and all of the nominees for the Hugo Awards sometimes they're the same yes. books sometimes there's not so much of an overlap or they've talked about the books in other t- in other places and other episodes but in this case they went through them and they were saying which ones they do and what I normally do is just hear kind of like a bit of the set up see if they're like highly rated like what people think like sort of like generally what people think of them yeah. and then oft- often just skip over the rest of the discussion because if it sounds like a book that I think I might want to read you I think I'm, read it first. I'll read it first and yeah. then go back and listen to what they have to say about it afterwards yeah but often they'll say oh this book is a like a steampunk fantasy novel I'm just like nope Not I mean it's me. very rarely or this is some like fantasy you know urban fantasy kind I'm just like uh, no don't need to worry about that but there was a few books which um which kind of stood out and be like Oh, that might be interesting. I might give I might give that a go. Yeah. And and I mentioned you to to you. Oh, there's these two books. Um, and you, I can't remember why you said this. You, but the way that I described, it, or I, I can't remember the conversation. But it was late night, and you were like, "Oh, tell me what they are, and I might already have them." And that's it, it wasn't it? So why yes. did you check this one out already? So I I don't even know. I think. So somebody mentioned it somewhere or I saw somewhere people reading this book. Yeah, on Goodreads also, is often where you see that yes, happen. But also, uh, you know, often I go to my uh, library app and I uh, scroll through it and see what what the books are. And, yeah. and often they have like not the newest books. Sometimes they don't have the first in a trilogy. So yeah. they have a second or third in, as the, a standalone novel in yeah. this trilogy. And this one was new because I know the library books, the science fiction section really well. Because oh yeah, because you're always looking through it. Yeah. So this appeared there. And and I think I even, no, I didn't get it from Goodreads because I, I got, I it was just found from the it library on the app. library app. Ah. And it, it looked like it, it sparked some interest. And then also what was really pe- peculiar was that it had like a, I don't know, six week waiting time for it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. And so I've put myself down and I I have this this whole, uh, the whole timeline here. Yeah. I put it down. Um, on your waiting list? I. No, you put yourself on the waiting list. I've put myself on the waiting list on uh, May 11th. Okay. Uh, and, 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 or even before that. Yeah. And then, um, and then on May 26th. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. And that was... And now Literally it's July. The, yeah, that was on the day that you said, "Hey, there's this, this, this book." No, uh, I said there's a few books which I'm thinking of checking out. There's two and books. I, I, I can't decide which like one. The yeah, first page. Or yeah. So? And then I. So it's a happy coincidence ah, that you had already had the book. Yes. But of course, then if for various reasons you're going in out of hospital, you're like, oh, I'll finish it in hospital. It turns out yeah, no. if you're in hospital for a liver operation, you're not going to uh, uh, have you're, the energy. 
the whole life revolves around your body functions and yeah. it's crazy it is crazy uh, there are no other thoughts that you can have and that, of course you don't have concentration to do anything else yeah and of course not to read a book certainly not a book like that so i basically really started it so you know what you had to do in the end actually wasn't it you had to uh you had to just buy it i think you just bought it from uh, Goodreads, no, not from Goodreads. You bought it from Amazon, didn't you, in the end? Or? Um, well, I, I, I borrowed it from the library. Yeah. And then, um, of course, I wasn't fast enough to read it all yeah. the way through. So on the 15th of June, that was the day before the operation, Yeah. Um, I f read as far as I could. I think that was 32% uh, into yeah. the book. And then it, it, expired. It, it, it expired and it got taken away because other people were waiting. But you did buy it, And then end. I bought it. Okay. Um, and I'm always doing this really big research on... Yeah where can I find the book that doesn't cost me 20 euros yeah. or so? And um, so I could have, A, waited another time to get it from the library again. Yeah, but we, I had already finished it by then almost. Yeah, and B, buy it. So I went yeah. on iBox and, and everywhere. But you and did buy Kindle, it in the end. Oh, it was, it was Kindle. on offer. Oh, okay, it was Kindle. like two euros or so. All right, that's cool. So, uh, so I got it on Kindle. So we got through it. Um, and I finished it today. You finished it today. So it's been a, a good like month-long reading process for you, kind yes. of. No, when did you say? March 11th you started reading it, doesn't it? May. Oh, May, sorry. No, no, you or you put it on your list back in May. I uh, borrowed it. Uh, I started reading on June 3rd. Oh, June 3rd. So it's yeah. been a month for you to get through this book. Yes. All right. So here it is. We haven't even said what the book is. Yeah, yeah. I, that was a, a much longer story than I thought we were going to go through to I, get to I that. I kind well. of like these longer introductions. Okay, longer introductions. Five minutes talking about ebook uh, borrowing. How I get? Yeah, it's okay. important. It's important to me how it's I get my books. Important to you. I was going to say that you already had it, and then we can move on. But anyway, let's go. Let's get into oh, this. Oh, one more thing. What's up? I just want to tell the people that what? I'm all right. Oh yeah. The operation went well. Oh yeah. Everything's fine. Oh no, that was the and juggling podcast that we updated people yes, about it, wasn't it? Not this we podcast. Didn't ah like, yes. Oh I'm good. Good job. Uh, I'm recovering still, and my liver is growing, which is yeah. a weird feeling. Uh, but uh, yeah, they took twenty percent of your liver out. Yes, and now it's hopefully growing back. Oh, it's, it's growing all fine. back, and everything is going to be hopefully all right. All right, the book is by Tasmin Muir. Muir, what would you say? M. Muir. I have no idea. Tasmin Muir. Is she from Gideon Wales the Ninth. Or so? One second, let me say that again. Gideon the Ninth by Tasman Muir. Uh, it's called Locked Tomb Number One. It's the first book, I guess, in a series, but I think it's a debut novel. Let me have a quick look over at T Tasman Muir. No, I think she wrote books before. Okay. Maybe I often say, oh, it's a de debut novel, but it, yeah. it turns out it's just the book, the one book that I've read. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, she's she's uh, she's written other other books before, I think. Um, look at this, Gideon the Ninth, Act One, free ebook preview. So if you just want to check out the preview of this book, yeah. I'm sure there's one one to get to. Oh, look, Electo the Ninth, Locked Tomb Number Three, and Harrow the Ninth, Locked Tomb Number Two. So yeah, it looks the, like that's the follow up. Um, expected publication 2020. So there's some follow up books uh, that's coming out soon. Yeah. Well, actually, let me quick look. Quick look at Harrow. Harrow the Ninth is out. Uh, August fourth. Hey, so maybe I'll get to this one uh, uh -huh. uh, soon if I want to. If I want to continue on with this, so that's pretty good. So um, this is a uh, uh, doesn't really read like the first book in a in a series. The only reason I understood, like worked out that it is a it, 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 there must be more story coming underneath this uh, after this is that this is called the locked tomb number one. Yeah. And as you're reading through, you're like, no, this isn't about the locked tomb. This is about some Hunger Games esque um, mystery solving uh, challenge. And the lock tomb is elsewhere, or like on a different planet. So you yeah. know, it does come into the story a little bit later on. But you realise, oh, if the series is called the locked tomb. There yeah. must be 
there must be uh, a, a lot more, there must be more to this story going on. And of course, when you get through to the end, you realise, oh yes, there is actually more going on here than yeah. just what's being revealed right here. So um, this book is, uh, uh, it's about, well, it's kind of like a science fiction fantasy story in that it feels like sometime in the future, once... Um, humanity has spread around some solar system, you know, yeah. never quite sure which planets they're on, but you know, some of them have got oxygen, some of them have not, you know, and it isn't really entirely clear, but yeah. there's like these terrifi terraform planets. Um, not really, it doesn't really have a lot to do with this story because they pretty much go from one planet to the other planet and then everything they're happens in one building on this yeah. other planet. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of space travel except for like one shuttle flight. Yeah, um, yeah. But and it's get space gets mentioned. Yeah, space gets mentioned. Like stuff is happening out in space. Spaceships yes. do exist, and yeah. people do fly between different planets. Yeah. But the science fictional element is one of those times where you go, "All oh, right, we want a fantasy story, but can we always make it feel like what's going on in the, in the like the deep magic part might be something to do with uh, like there might be some kind of science fictional underpinning." to all of this and okay wait you're frowning at me do you not pick this up i didn't it i didn't feels the like the only thing that i the, the only thing that that this was slightly science fictiony was the space travel no no there's so much more and, going on in this book and, the whole point that like some people they're like oh we don't need modern medicine we don't need like scientific medicine we don't need like science-based medicine uh, is because the uh, uh, necromancy like the the magic way of keeping people alive mm. is more powerful than mm. needing to like know about medical science but one of the houses has kept up the knowledge of medical science and yeah. is using that not just necromancy yeah so it feels like ten thousand years ago in the past of this novel, there was some kind of rift in space-time that opened up the way uh, that sort of allowed all of this necromantic um, magic special powers to come in. Mm -hmm. And that was called like the Great Resurrection or whatever it is. Yeah. And from there, from that like seeding process, all of the technology that's left over, all of like these weapons made out of special materials and all the spaceships and the shuttles and things like that, all of that's left over from thousands of years before. Anything that's technological is left over from thousands of years before mm. and now the entire uh, society civilization that's left over from this great resurrectioning when everybody could start becoming necromancers and you can have skeletons doing your bidding rather than mm -hmm. you know robots or whatever like that so that you've got all this precursor technology that's left over you know when they go into the different chambers you understand oh this is like a scientific chamber you know yes. all of that kind of stuff the precursor high science like high science fictional stuff that's in there in in the past and now there's a fantasy story being told over the top and you're always like, what's actually going on here? Is this magic or is this like weird deep science fiction? But you have to read it as a fantasy novel because it's yes. written as a fantasy novel. Very but it's always that much. kind of precursor technology, a bit like the broken earth where you're like, oh, how much of this is fantasy and how much like what's going on here that can be explained away by like precursor technology and yeah. how much is explained away by just so alien, it, like everything's so alien that it's indistinguishable from, everything's alien and advanced enough that it's indistinguishable from magic yeah so you've got those two different layers going on there to me this i mean i can only judge this book by it's the book itself i don't yeah. i haven't read any of the other tr the, the other following up books no yet. they're so, not out yet it's impossible yeah, exactly to. so for me this was purely a fiction like a, a fantasy reading yeah but when if they're in spaceships and they go down into the bowels of a castle and they come into places called control and quarantine yeah, and they, these are not fantasy words these no, are not fantasy not terminology fan no they're not fantasy words and stuff but yeah. 
what happens down there is still yes, fantasy saying. and magic. And so you need to ask yourself, just because something has something sci old scientifically in in the book that doesn't exist anymore, does that make that science fiction? No, but here's the other thing. If you don't understand the science and it's indistinguishable magic, is that enough to call it fantasy? And that's the whole point. That's what I like about these books where there's this tension, where it's not 100% science fiction and it's not 100% fantasy, but there's this thing in the middle where it's sort of like, oh, it's, it's fantasy, but eh, there might be some scientific underpinnings here. And that's what this is. You know, there's obviously some very strict rules behind it and they're, you know, and finding out the rules of how the necromancy works and what mm -hmm. the what the key, what the key is uh, to, I say key, I mean, there's lots of keys in the book, but what's, hmm. uh, what's, the, what's the main secret? Secret that's here in this book is a big part of it. So the setup is that there's these nine planets. Sorry, no, eight planets. Anyway, there's nine houses. The first house is the Emperor's house. Yeah. And they're the ones in control. And then you get eight other houses, and each one of them is like this uh, necromancy. They have their own school of magic. And I always like this where you have like the different the different schools of magic. This is yeah. their speciality is this kind of magic, and their speciality is sort of like mimicry. And these ones is yeah. super strength. You know, and they yeah. all come in and they're all experts at their own at their own um, styles of magic. Yeah. Um, and uh, Gideon the Ninth, the the namesake of the book is uh, from the ninth house yeah. and uh, and she is the cavalier of the house no she's not at the start of the book she's not but she becomes yeah. the cavalier of the house because uh, every necromancer has a, a cavalier a, a cavalier that's kind of like because they are not really really strong no, but the point is that the so cavalier... So they, they need a person to defend them? Yeah, the point is that the cavalier is the person who, who worries about uh, physical strength, physical... So bodyguard. Physical, well, it's not just bodyguard. The point is that the cavalier is the physical embodiment of power. Right. And the necromancer is the mental, intellectual embodiment of power. Right. So uh, that's, that's, the, that's the setup. So each person yes. who comes along. And, um, and so once every however many years... Thousands. Whatever it is, the, the lictor... No, sorry, the emperor wants a new lictor. And the lictor is one of those great sort of like Roman uh, uh, ideas. And I wasn't quite sure what the what the plan was for this lictor, because mm. in in other in other science fiction, sort of like the Gene Wolfe, there's the sword of the lictor or whatever like that. There's these there's these ideas. And that's another great precursor. The um, the uh, not. Anyway, I can't remember the name of the series now. Whatever the Gene Wolfe series is where with Swords of the Lictors and uh, Shadow of the Torturous. I can't remember the name of the series, but that's all like super, super far future. Is it fantasy? Is it precursor technology? Mm -hmm. What's left over? Mm -hmm. Like in that book, at one point, they go and look on the wall and it describes a picture. And when you actually piece it together, the picture, like, oh, that's the picture that Neil Armstrong took of Buzz Aldrin on the moon. And, you know, it's blown up into this big thing. But if you're reading it, it just sounds like they're describing a mural. But then when you actually work out what the details are it's like a very very famous first man on the moon picture so you understand that what's okay. what's in this in this background yeah and they're in these tall towers and you realize oh that's actually like a, a rocket park they parked up all the rockets you know uh, and things like that Th those things exist in these precursor fan like fantasy books dying earth fantasy books with their precursor technology yeah um so anyway, in Gideon the Ninth, Gideon the Ninth is uh, is the this is the uh, person we follow, right? Yeah, is, the, is the yeah. following, and yeah. and Harrow Hark, who is the um, her her necromancer and the person who's now like leading that family, leading that house of mm. the Ninth House, mm. and the cool thing is 
is that, oh yeah, oh the lictor, that's what I was talking about. So the emperor says, hey, I want a new lictor. I want a new bodyguard. And I wasn't quite sure how powerful that was because it's not really explained what the power, how powerful the lictor mm. is. Are they going to be running? I thought they were going to be then like running the, the empire for the emperor, that they were going to become like the right hand the right hand man or the right hand woman or the right hand whatever of the of the emperor but it, you know it's explained as it goes through the book that the lictor yes it's going to be a new i was thinking more like in in star wars you get the you get the um the emperor and then you get darth vader who is sort of like the person who like stomps around okay. and gets gets the, shit done the, yeah like the, uh, the ex executor the, the, the heavy executive. yeah like yeah, the, the, the executor that, of yeah. the of the orders or whatever like that. So I wasn't quite sure exactly what you know how powerful the lictor was going to be, and it's explained as you go through the book. Wants to become a lictor, and they're going to pick out who's going to become a lictor. So they get together one one necromancer plus their cavalier from each of the eight houses to come together to the to a big castle on one planet. Plus number nine. What's that? Plus number nine. No, from the eight houses. All the right. first house is the emperor's house. So there was never right. there was nobody from the first house because the, so the emperor a, yeah, is the person so. from the first house. Yeah. And then you get house number two, three, two all the way through to three nine, which yeah. is eight houses. So you get sure. uh, 16 people who all come together, land at, in fact, there's more than 16 people because one of them, don't ha they don't have one necromancer. They actually have two because there's a, a set of twins. Which? Uh, I'm sorry to say what? that, which fucked me up so much. Why? I just, like... You don't like twins? A twins freaky? No, or just the writing, you didn't no, keep them straight? I, it, yeah. I, I will get to this point. Okay. There, there's more to this point that I want to make here. But right. it's, oh, it's so lots of people come together. And yeah. that starts where, actually now, listening back to the incomparable episode about yeah. this, although it was about two weeks ago when I listened back to it when I finished the book, they were saying, oh, it felt a bit video gamey because they set these challenges and they have to tick off these challenges. Like they go in and they do one level and then they do the next level. But mm. I was actually, I didn't really feel that way. It mm. did feel kind of very Hunger Games-like for me that you literally, it's sort of like two people from each house have to get together but I didn't I wasn't sure if they were all going to start killing each other or if it was a race for them to complete it but it, it, it's kind of resolved I was going to say quite quickly but there's nothing quick about the first half of this book no um, but they, when they get into it they realise that there's these questions of like okay I solved this puzzle you solved that puzzle do we now share the results or do we now help each other and so then it becomes this big political manoeuvring of who's yeah. going to get all the way through to the end yes. and who's going to win and then there's all the kind of things do you want to win is it really a prize and all that kind of stuff so that's mm. the general setup meanwhile they have to learn new things about being necromancers learn lots of new things about being cavaliers learn more about the empire and the emperor and the you know the secrets the secrets of space yeah. and um the secrets of the building that they're in and what's yeah. going on there so that's pretty much the setup of the book what do you want to add at this point that's the setup of the book the broad overview of the basic story framework and a bit of world building what do you want to add um Anything about those things, that story building and the general story and things, or what do you want to say? Yeah, to me, yeah, I have a really difficult time with this book. Really? Yes, there are several reasons. One reason that fits right now, I think, is the, yeah. uh, you already said it, there's nothing, the, the beginning. Oh, yeah. The, in my head, it feels like the beginning is uh, three quarters. Of the book. And then in the last quarter. Yeah. 
everything happens. happens. Everything happens. Yeah, okay, let's get on to that. The pacing in this book is terrible. I was fine with it because it was something that I was listening to um, on, as an audiobook when I was, you know, going driving over into Berlin, mm-hmm. you know, when I was taking you into hospital, like, like when I was, you know, t- visiting you in hospital. Yeah. It was great to put on for an hour's drive and things like that. Yeah. And when I was going juggling training and I went over there, I yeah. could just put it on and not worry about it. But yeah, reading this book as an ebook or a paper book, I think I would have really struggled with it because it starts off and you're like, great. And there's this fun scene at the start where they kind of set up who's Gideon, who's Harrowhark and like, you know, it gets into it and then it's straight away. And now six months passes while you have to train to become a cavalier. And it's, that takes a really, really long time. Mm. And, and I was thinking, wait, the book has ground to a halt. Like you don't start off the book, like have the first chapter and then go, right, this next chapter is going to take six months. You either skip forward six months or start the book after that six months has already passed. It felt it felt like almost punitive to make us go through that six month period. Yeah, um, but not not only that. To yeah. me, it was jumping into this story. Yeah, it, I had a really hard time to understand a what this point of this book was. Yeah, and b who and where and what and why and nothing. There was nothing was explained at the beginning. I know. And really I, nothing. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind that in a way if they would get to those things quicker. Yeah. But it takes them so long to actually get like, okay, what's a lictor in this situation? What's a lictor and what powers do they have and what are they actually aiming for? Yeah. Who are these people and why are these people being selected to it? Why is it this house? Why are these houses all separate? What went on there? And... What, what you've got to do is deal, like dole out the story and the world building like at the same time. You can switch between yes. them or even better, tell the world building with the story. Unfortunately, it feels like the world building stops and the story stops for big, 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 big chunks of the early book. And they're like, yeah. here's the situation we're in now. You're like, OK, that's the situation they're in. But that's not story isn't happening now. Yeah. And also we're not learning why or like what the story is about and yes. what the motivations are are yes. and things like that it's and and one big point that i i mean i generally don't like in books is if it's this book starts with a reading of the uh the per, the, the people, dramatis personae yes the people appearing uh, in order yeah so i read like i never i can't read this I, so i'm skipping this because i don't i have no yeah. connection to these people i will immediately forget their names and what they are okay so i start reading and mm. then you you get to know stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff yeah. happens and stuff happens. And but stuff. I started listening to the audiobook and somebody was reading out those names and there's 16 names or whatever it is yeah. or all the it, people in the book. You have no connection to no, them. No connection you at all. I actually all asked you, can, I said, could you just show me the opening of the book? Yeah. Is it just a massive list of names? And, and it is. is a massive list of names. It is. And they are not needed at all because here's no. the thing, listening to the audiobook, most times they say which house they are. It's yeah. like, is it the cavalier of that house or is it the necromancer of that yeah. house? Because there's nobody else. Yeah. Like there's no other characters from that house so as long as they say the fifth and you're like oh great always oh, the fifth one with the twins anyway so it doesn't matter as long as there's not twins you always know that there's two characters and it actually doesn't matter what their names are however a lot of them have names which sound like the names like okay. anonymous is nine Th- and this is a point hex, i want to make let me, let me, is there, there's something else to what? this yeah is that this starts with this name list yeah then there's a whole book and the book finishes and then yeah. there's another uh, epilogue kind of like a, a, a glossary a, 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 yeah but also an additional like oh this this person from this house has done some research on the houses and now oh really read. that's not in the audiobook yes oh right and it's okay at the end and i 
I've no idea why they didn't just put that in when it uh, when these yeah, when people it's needed appeared, in the book, when yeah. you actually wanted some more some yeah. more background on these people. Yeah. And, and, and here's the, the thing, end, the like, whole first like third of the book feels like we've got to get to know these people and nothing's yeah. happening. Like at one point they set the challenge like, okay, there's a, there's all these rooms, you're not allowed into any of the rooms if you don't have a key mm. uh, and you're not allowed to open any door without a key, without permission or whatever, it, you mm -hmm. know, the, the general setup. Mm -hmm. And so it's quite clear that it's going to be, can you get into these rooms? And if you get into a room, you're going to get a key to get into another room or whatever like that. It's, yeah. it, it's made quite clear straight away. But so many of the people who were there are just sort of like hanging around and it takes them ages to do anything. Yeah. And then Harrowhark, who is doing going off, is is going to like going off to solve all these problems. And Gideon, who we're right. actually following, is just hanging out and not yeah. doing anything. And, and, and she's told not to talk to anyone. Yeah. And so everyone thinks she's got a vow of silence. Yeah. And so there's like the whole third, like half of the book is getting to know other people via somebody who isn't allowed to talk to them, yeah. not do anything, waiting for someone who is off screen, solving Doing problems stuff. without her. Yeah. And again, it's interesting. And there was never a point where I was like bored or not like enjoying mm. what was happening. Mm -hmm. But there was never a point in the whole first half of the book, which wasn't me thinking, wow, this is not working in terms of pacing. Yeah. Like it, it, I was thinking it's a good thing Gideon is a fun character to hang out with. And the situation that they're in is like genuinely interesting and generally fun yeah. because there is no story happening. We know the story is happening and we know that Harrowhark is off but having other adventures, but not with us. Yeah. So a lot of the time is we're spending time with a main character who is not solving problems herself yeah also she's not with the people who are solving problems yeah. also loads of other people are hanging around like yeah. eight other, or like 16 people or 15 other people are ha hanging around some of them may or may not be having an adventures and solving problems yeah. but we're only getting the signs from people who aren't doing that like yeah. who aren't solving the problems yeah um, and I want to come back to where I interrupted yeah. you. Oh, sorry, come here. Yeah, go for it. The names. Yeah. Oh, yes, I remember now. Yeah. I have two points to make. Yeah. One, this reminded me so much of reading Russian literature because every <laughs> character in Russian literature five has, names. has three or five names. And yeah. then it's like um, Vladimir Izakovich. Uh, yeah. And then sometimes, and sometimes they'll call them by the title. Sometimes, sometimes they'll call them by the rank. Exactly. Sometimes by the first exactly. name. Sometimes by their la, only by the last name. Yes. And sometimes, and that's the thing. So Gideon yeah. is called Gideon the Ninth. She's also called Nav. Nav, which Griddle? is Griddle. Uh, Cavalier ninth, just, you sometimes just called hey you ninth like yeah, that. Yeah. So as you go through, you've always got to work out that any character could have up to three or four names. Yeah. Some of them, sometimes you'll only have, hear the first name, some of them only the second name. Yeah. Sometimes you'll only get their title, sometimes yeah. you'll get their rank, and yeah. sometimes you'll get their p position. Yes, and here's to, here, here we come to the second point of this. Oh no, can I just say about this? As an audiobook, I love that the audiobook narrator had different accents for each one of them. Oh, so each time so, that one uh, yeah. of the houses started speaking, you could get their accent and just be like, oh, right, I know oh, this, this is sixth oh, house right. or eighth house. So I just want to say, I was yes. I dodged a bullet on that one. That Carry was on. good because I didn't have that. And in my head, of course, I only had the, I mean, I had visions of these people, but, it, but they were so hazy. Yeah. Um, the, the second point I wanted to make here about this is that, it, of course, this is not in Russian. This is somebody coming, uh, j j just taking names and so it's bible greek mythology and latin and all put together oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
And it's yeah, it, like I said, each one of the names oh, you will have a uh, like you'll have a root like yes. the the eighth house is octo yeah. something like that. Yes. Um, sept. And yeah, sept yes. oct uh, hex uh, yeah. hept and stuff like that. Yeah. But some of them you you'll hear the name and you're like, wait, what's the number? And then you're like, oh right, it's that you know yes. that bit of that name could be a reference on to on top of that. Yeah were those twins, which yes. I never, I never even, I, it took me, it took me, I don't even know how long it took me to get, okay, I, I mean, of course I was introduced to them because at the beginning when yeah, they, they actually the arrived twins, there, yeah. they arrived there they said, and look, there's twins, two twins. But, but you know, they're this, younger than everybody else. Yes, and, yeah. and they weren't really playing a role. So and then the suddenly thing. there were these names and I thought, hmm, who's this now? In a way, all of this I thought was too confusing but also it did give some kind of depth to it, that there's so many, like these these long houses that they each have titles and names and nicknames and all that kind of stuff. It does show depth to the world building. It but does. But it felt very surface level because all the time there was a few houses or a few people where who, as soon as they arrived, just by what they said or what they did, I could tell who they were, yes. which is important because if you can only identify who somebody is by the name that mm. somebody is calling them, that's weaker storytelling and yes. weaker character building. So there were some, but also, in a way, I'm kind of glad that there was this really handy, oh, here's a set of characters. However, I don't think that it needed this many houses and this yes. many people. That this... was one of my thoughts. I thought, five? Why not yeah. just five? If there had been been five so... houses instead of nine, you could have... It reminds me of the... Um, it reminds me of the... Uh, uh, what's the uh, the movie? Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. And then they're sort of like you've got to defeat her seven evil exes or something yes. like that. And it starts off and you get like the uh, who, who's who's the the Captain America is one of the exes and that kind of yeah. stuff. And then at the end they're like, oh, we just gotta we just gotta knock these off. And you're yeah. like, oh, it made much more sense if they'd have just been like, oh, let's have five evil exes. But yeah. you need seven because then it's more biblical. Yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of like a better number as a challenge, like a mythical challenge. Yeah. Seven going up against seven. So I think seven would have been fine. Yeah. And then they could have overlapped each character could have had more to do and and that kind yeah. of stuff as, yeah. the, as they go through yeah. and also if you'd have had like five or seven houses it means that that first half of the book which felt like just lots of laying groundwork and mm. like working out what the names are and what their jobs are and mm. all that other kind mm. of stuff that would have been over quicker yeah if you know what i mean then you could have spent more time with them as they go through so yeah, yeah i think this is overburdened by how much character building it does compared to how much story happens and the story is all backloaded in the second half yeah. and the character and setting up is all in the first half. However, the setting up always feels annoying because I'm feeling like, yeah, get on with it. I know mm. these characters. Mm. I like these characters. I like spending time with these characters, but it felt like, I mean, literally dragging feet because the character is dragging her feet around. Mm. Like, like she is told, waste time while I go and do more interesting yeah. things. Why didn't we follow the interesting things? Well, again, the second book is called uh, uh, Harrow, Harrow, Harrow the Ninth, yes. so so maybe um, we'll get some more time with her in the second book. Yes, um, the the beginning of this book. Yeah. Was so. I mean, it was. It's. I see all the intentions, and I sometimes, and I can appreciate the writing. Some of the writing is very ambitious. Yep. And. It's, it sometimes feels like some very intellectual person trying to show how intellectual they are. I, and I don't can mind always, that. Yes, you, of course you don't, because you are a native English speaker. True. I am a not-so-native speaker. I consider myself quite intellectual, 
and I get all this, but it gets in the way of me just enjoying, just enjoying stuff. it. Yeah, again, I, I think that comes from like me listening to the audiobook, being native English speaker. It kind yeah. of just washes over me and it gets yeah. a really great vibe. It reminded yeah. me a lot of the um, of the uh, what, what was the book? Ah, you you say what you're going to say. I'm going to look up the book. So that I, was say. I went through at some point. Um, I'm and started what page three hundred. I don't know yeah. how far that is into the book, but um, I started marking words. Because oh, really? Words in this book sometimes are not actual words. They are inventions. Yeah. At least that's what I thought they were because yeah. I couldn't find it in the dictionary. And I, I sometimes thought that is really clever because if you are building a world which is uh, separate from ours, is yeah. separated by time or distance yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like thousands of years, yeah. So they will have other words. Yeah. And I think that's good story writing because yeah. then they don't... What words? Give me a word then. I can't even pronounce it. Traipsed. 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 Yeah, if you trape around, it means you kind of like wander around. Like I was saying, if you're, if you're traipsing around, like I was saying, it's, it's dragging your heels. You know, when I said literally dragging your heels. So if it you're... comes from the German word trapsen. Maybe. I guess. Um, but yeah, it's um, sort of like if you traipse around, it means sort of like, yeah, just getting around, like traipsing around, not quite yeah. sure what you're doing, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So the other word is neural amalgamation. Neural amalgamation, yes. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, uh, beatific. Beatific, yep, saintly, yes, that's, from, that's yeah. good. Put putrefied. Putrefied, yeah. Is it sort like, of like from necromantic. Pure... No, putrefied, putrefied is like rotting. If something's ah. putrefying, it's rotting. So Multitudinous. Multitudinous. Lots and lots. It just means lots I and understand. lots and lots. But this is not how... I totally understand why a, a, a non-English speaker this is, is going to be tripped up. This is just words that I stumble across. I understand what they mean. Mm, and multitudinous, what they... you could understand. No, Traits, no, I if do you don't understand know. what they... And in the context, they make sense because they... It's often it's like a it's like a word that sounds like something and then yeah. it's actually what it says, but it is words that that I stumble across and it feels like the this is like kind of put in. Yeah, it, it's not not it's not easy language. It's not yeah. language. That, I totally get it. I want to talk about um, two like the lightning, which is Terra Ignota Number One by Ada Palmer. Oh, I started reading that. I know, and it's for me. It's very. It's a kind of similar thing where someone is like, "Hey, I'm just gonna go for it. Like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go full bore. I'm just gonna yeah. like roll up and just." Go for it. And mm. I, if I think something's going to be clever, I'm going to put it in. Yeah. If something's going to be interesting world building, it's going in. If there's an interesting word that I want characters to say, it's just going in. And I appreciate that. I don't think this is anywhere near as good as Too Like the Lightning by um, Ada Palmer. That first book, I think, is a, a really amazing book, really. And that's another one where there's like seven different houses and things yeah. like that. Um, but in this one, I think... Um, I think it's a lot of it's thrown in there and it's very playful with the language to, to the point where the other day I said I was hangry and hangry is hangry, hungry yeah. and angry yeah. and it's a very, 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 very modern world. And I like that there's a mix of this feeling like ancient language with some of this multitudinous and beatific and all these other kind yeah. of words that you like there and it gives it kind of grounding in like fantasy, high fantasy stuff, but also using like very modern slang words makes me feel, oh, I'm close to the character because yeah. the character is a, just a teenager or oh, some of these characters are just teenagers who yeah. exist in this world and they're, they're kind of using teenage slang yeah. and it makes me connect with their characters a lot more that they're like they're, they're living in this world of ancientness and high fantasy yeah. or whatever going on but they're also using very modern slang right. and I really liked that mix it's I thought it was a very interesting mix yeah 
I don't think it was always successful, but again, it's one of those things that I appreciate somebody like trying something out with a writing style. Yes. They're like, this is fantasy, but the language that these teenagers are going to use is going to feel very, uh, teen. it's going to feel very uh, 2020. Like it's going to yes. very, very feel very 2019, 2020, yeah. rather than feeling either 10,000 years in the future or oldie, medieval uh, fantasy, yeah. old timey fantasy kind of thing. I totally got that too. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, this just shows my, in this case, yeah. shows my limitations. Yeah. And um, I, that, this is that's high level pity. reading. I that's think that's a pity. I mean, uh, I'm really interested in seeing this translated. This yeah. is going to be hard. If thing. this was, if this was translated, if you could have started this over in German, mm. would you have done so, or was it? Were you far enough in to before you realized that this should have? You should have probably been checking checking this out in German. But I think the language is so much a part of the book yeah, that I wouldn't I, want it in translation. I, I, I don't know. I appreciated it on a, on an intellectual level. Yeah. Because I, it doesn't happen so often that actual writers actually play around with language so much. Yeah. And she really does. Yeah. She uses. Like I, say, like I she said, really goes it. No Bible, Latin. Yeah. Uh, uh, words that I thought were inventions sometimes probably weren't but it, it it felt to me like there was a writer actually really enjoying the act of writing and being creative within the medium yeah um but it was it was not easy for me okay let's get on to some more points you do you, do you have more notes that you want to get to here i was just going to say that um i was thinking it's a bit hunger games like right at the start i was like is this hunger games like all these you know one like two people from each house getting together and i was like are they all going to start killing each other or what's gonna you know what's mm. gonna happen is it the last person to survive wins or is it the first person to complete the puzzle wins mm. so i did like that but then it made me think well hunger games is like young adult and then i was thinking is this young adult is this you know because it is sort of like about teenagers but i couldn't work mm. out what the pitch was I think it is very mm. adult, but it is about teenagers. You know, it is about teenage emotions. It has teenagers yeah, it's in it. Yeah, teenagers in it and but teenage emotions. Not, yeah, also teenagers, but also young adults. Yeah, so that was just a that was just a tone kind of thing. Yeah. What I, I think it's it's young young writing. I think it's ex accessible for. I think if you were if you were also seventeen, you could read this book and enjoy it. But I think the that's quite gruesome. Yeah, that's the thing. The difficulty level is a, It's not. It's not a book for twelve year olds. Uh, Unless they are really, really intellectual. Okay, really, I don't know. It was just a note that know. I put. Another note is that the uh, the different characters. Did you like spending time with Gideon the Ninth? Like, was she an interesting character for you, or was she just an, a boring character who had lots of really good snarky comments she written had into sassiness, her? Yeah. But somehow, I was never quite sure. Yeah. I was actually, I, I was... Mm, yeah, Here's the it thing, was, I wasn't quite sure where that came from. The, the problem, I think, lays in, in the beginning here, is that yeah. the way that we got introduced to the main characters yeah. was a bit wishy-washy for me. Right. Um, because it was all about the, the, the struggle, yeah. and it was dark. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was always about, like, uh, is anybody going to be killed? Yeah. Immediately. And yeah. It, it was really just... So it was difficult for me to get to know the character in a way, or, like, to but attach... when you got to know the character, did you enjoy spending time with Gideon the Ninth? That's what I'm saying. Like, as a main character, putting aside all the writing and the pacing issues and the characterization, like, how long it took you to get to know them, did you enjoy spending time with the main characters? That's what I'm trying to explain, to get to. Yes, but at some places it felt like they weren't the main characters. Okay, I get you. 
Yeah. Because you, what you already mentioned is that um, she was mostly observing. Yeah, I think that's, again, that's that's playing at a really high difficulty to say, and now my main character is, has a vow of silence and can't interact with people. Yeah. And we just have to get to know these other people. And I do think that's where the book really slows down. Yes. Because it's a character who is very sassy, who has lots of quick comebacks, but mm. then doesn't say them. For example, if, if Gideon... Yeah further on in the middle of the book or like further on in the middle of the story would have found for example all these notes that were made by I think yeah. the fourth house yeah. about all the other houses yeah. and if she then would like kind of like secretly read through them yeah and then we would get but she doesn't do that that's no, the thing she like doesn't. she doesn't actually achieve i mean she does achieve it by the end of it like she does things in the in the second half of the book yeah but it's very very difficult to get to, to even if you enjoy it and i liked her sense of humor and it was very her sarcasm was great her yeah. witty comebacks even if she didn't say them were all very good when what was in what she was saying in her head yes. when other things was happening yes there was, was some good also, some good. Uh, there was some good uh, comedy, some yes. good uh, punchlines. Yeah, so all um, of that was good. But what I'm saying is that, like, if the main character isn't do anything, yeah. it's really difficult for me to get to know them or to yes. or to care about and them. To attach and by to them. and by yeah. the end of the book, when they are just sort of like stuff is happening around them, and they're just trying to make the best of it, and they're making decisions. But again, I don't want to give too much away. But she keeps making decisions at the end of the book. But yeah. then the results of her those decisions or the outcomes of those decisions are taken away from her. Yeah. And that's really, really a pity that it gets to it gets all the way through to the very last few chapters yeah. where she is doing stuff that matters to other people. Yeah. And that's again, I understand what they're going for with this story, but that is very uh, for Tasmin Muir. She set herself a very high difficulty task, yes. and I don't think she does it. I appreciate the effort, and I enjoyed spending time with this with with the character on one level. Yeah. But also, I was kind of annoyed that the the rest of the story was going on, and I didn't know why the other people cared about it, yeah. and I didn't know what they were doing. Yes. Half of the book, fifty percent of the running yeah. order of the, of the the running time of this book, yeah. of this audio book that I listened to, yeah. I was kind of disappointed that other stuff was happening. Happening, yeah. and I wasn't spending time there yeah. and someone was killing time and to me it felt like it all ramped up to the last battle thing mm. and it felt to me when we came to an end point which was after I don't know six turns um, that it kind of fell flat for me the ending yeah that's a pity I was okay with the ending. Because it built up to this massive thing and this, I expected something that the characters would achieve something. It, to be honest. And it didn't feel like that. achieved If anything. something felt too game-like, the ending felt way too video game-like. Do you mean like the end boss kind of? The, yeah, you get the boss and then it's not the real boss. Then you get the it's square another, boss yeah. afterwards and then you get the final boss <laughs> and then you get the the post-final yeah, like boss. Zelda, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it did feel a bit like, oh, we're doing the Zelda run and <laughs> we've got to defeat the... But that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't mind that setup mm. that you think you defeated it and then someone else comes along and then you've got to defeat them as well. Yeah. And then, like, in the Scott pilgrim kind of thing, and then the final boss is yourself and you're not, yeah, you're yeah. not so different, you and I, and all that kind of stuff. Again, that, it doesn't play doesn't, out that way. No. It, or I don't want to give away what actually does happen. Yeah. But as they go through and what they have to do, I it felt that got, got felt a bit video gamey. However, I want to make this very clear: listening to the audiobook of someone describing the sword fights, yeah. I must admit these are some of the best sword fights that I've ever read. Yeah, uh, because it wasn't about the moves; it was about the feeling 
of the being inside the sword fights and yes. the the like the time slowing down kind ofness yeah. and you get two people who are fighting and you could feel who was better at fighting just by like the like the, just the vibe I don't know it's difficult to explain mm. but it, for me it felt very much like the in, being inside a sword fight in a way which often science fiction well not science fiction fantasy whatever uh, written literature is very very difficult to mm. bring that across and I think this book did an excellent job of sword fights mm. And it's good because at the end of the book, there's a lot of fighting yeah. and it had laid the groundwork well enough in the previous sword fights mm. that when they just said, this person's too powerful, it didn't need to go blow by blow of saying they're too powerful because this is too difficult and this is too difficult because that's too difficult. It laid down the skills and what kind of skills you need and what kind of thoughts would happen. Yeah. So when you got to the end, it relied on all of that previous stuff to then go, okay, we know what it feels like to be in a sword fight like that but now we're going to ramp it up and we're going yeah. to bring tension in from elsewhere yeah. so i was very impressed by the the sword fighting uh, literature of this yeah. book and it's kind of a pity that it took until like halfway through the book till we actually got to that i was yeah. like it would be really great if we could have had some of this nearer the start yeah. but at the start she literally takes a six month break to learn how to get good at sword fighting yeah. and it would have been much better if she was already quite good i mean she already was good in something else. But we didn't see how she, good she was yeah. at the start. Yeah. But I do like there was, there's, there's this moment, and this always happens, like, if there's a mismatch in martial arts or a mismatch in, like, sword fighting or mm. in my sport, which is juggling combat, if it's too much, the other person just doesn't stand a chance. It's yeah. not like the fight will, you know, they will be beaten more. It's like, mm. no, they just don't even last. Like, yeah. the two stand up, they start, and then one person is knocked out. Or they start, yeah. and one person it's is over. It's just dominated through. all yeah. the way through. Mm. And it, it, it was fun to see that kind of mismatch when you actually, when Gideon gets into a fight and it, and it lasts one, like one second or one and a half seconds. And they're like, oh no, no, there's too much, there's too much. Yeah. And then later on, when it doesn't last that and it actually takes more time, or oh, it's not even that it takes more time, but it's more as described, you know, time slows down a lot more. And she's like, oh, oh no, this is actually a real fight. You know, yeah. I did like that setting out of stakes and setting out of the levels and, and how much these uh, cavaliers do want to fight each other and if they're going to fight each other with respect or if they're going to fight each other to to be knocked down or if they're going to fight each other to the first blood and all these different yeah. cavalier rules that are yeah. in there I did like that yes. um, no I understand but again and it's annoying that it, we had to wait until like halfway through the book for that to really start paying off yes um, um, I'm yes. just I'm just going look to look at your notes I'm going to look at my notes my cover last of, my of notes. this book because there's a what's the cover look like on yours turn it around oh yeah same, same cover as the audiobook that I had um, and there's I mean, I'm generally not a, f uh, a f especially fan of uh, if you have a book and then you put uh, even on the first pages you you yeah. put the 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 blurb or the 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 writing of other the 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 reviews of other oh, writers the quotes about, about, the quotes it. Yeah, yeah. about it. And this I I read of course because it's on the front cover. Why would you ever read the blurb or anything at all about any of these books? No, I didn't. But it's okay. on the front cover. Okay, what does, so it, what does it say on the front cover? Lesbian necromancers explore a haunted gothic place in space. Decadent nobles v to observe ah, the yeah. deathless emperor skeletons. Let's, okay, let's... here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me just say before we just get into this on the on the uh, incomparable podcast. They were always like, it's, "This isn't in space. It's just in one place." You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. That's so, first. Yeah. Space. It's just it's on a place. Nothing on space. Yeah. It's just in Second, one castle. What the hell? What's going on with the lesbians? There's just that. There's it. I mean, uh, there, it's it's not even mentioned. There's there some people are married and some people aren't, but the, yeah. otherwise there is no. Well, I mean, there's good sexual tension there. Yes, but nothing else. 
nothing else. It's just sexual tension. It's never even said that Gideon is 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 a she lesbian. She is very gay. She she yes. literally opens the first line is that she's looking at titty magazines and stuff like that. Yes, it's but, very clear that she's sexually attracted to women. But it it has nothing to do with the for to me. Yeah. It had nothing to do with... Well, yeah, because it's a book which is sort of like... I wouldn't say it's a post-gender book, but you yeah. get... There are... I think... Is there... In this book, there's a character who is gender... In, in, uh, neutral. Uh, no, I wouldn't say gender I, I neutral. one of the... One of the young kids? Uh, no, I'm, I can't or remember. One of the eight or something? Anyway, literally, but, uh, oh, like this, if there is, this would be like four books in a row that I've read where somebody has got a, a non-determinate gender and got different pronouns. Yeah? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, and every, again, every book picks a different set of pronouns. Yes, this, of course. This, the last two books that I had, uh, the, other, the one that I just finished before, um, The Vanishing Birds, yeah. has one set of pronouns. Now, Salvation by Peter F. Hamilton has, has got a different set of pronouns yes. for their uh, things like that so but putting this on on the cover there um i don't know it doesn't make it doesn't do a good thing for the book that's it to me i want to look at some of these other uh things these other nouns uh, lesbian necromancers explore haunted gothic's palace in space uh, decadent nobles vie to serve the deathless emperor skeletons charles Struss. yeah i mean if you want that but really that the picture on the front cover with which is a which is a, a a woman with a sword and her face painted like a skull wearing dark sunglasses like aviator sunglasses yeah, she's I mean, cool that's she's that's sassy, the but but literally the the i mean it just it just takes it just takes it in a in a direction that i didn't read into this book and it, but it's, I mean, it, it is, is full of lesbian necromancers and a gothic castle in space with nobles fighting for... And there's skeletons and zombies and stuff like that. That is literally what the book is. I mean, it's very, very reductive. But if yes, you want to break down... to one of the things. And okay. there are other things. He could also say, okay, there are also heterosexuals in this book. Uh, well, so uh, here's the thing. If you said, oh, we should do the podcast now because I don't have very much to say about this book. For a book that you don't have much to say about, you have seriously said a lot, and you have very strong opinions about this book. So, I let's do, wrap it up. But it's tricky. Yeah, because we've been going like 49 minutes now. I just had another thought. Okay, go for it. We, we can, you can keep going with any thoughts that you want. Go for it. I had another thought. Mm, What's that? I... You... Forgot the thought. You forgot the thought. Okay. Well, Maybe I'm, it comes back again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wrapping up with this. There is... Okay. I finished this book two weeks ago, or whatever. Yeah. So it's not the freshest book in my mind. Yeah. However... It stewed a bit. <laughs> it, well, it wasn't that it stewed. It was... The pacing was off. It annoyed me a lot of the time. Mm. I thought a lot of the, the things that she was going for in the writing, mm. she missed. She didn't get it. Mm. But then a lot of the things which she didn't have to be going for paid off in some ways. Yeah. Um, so overall, I'm very glad that I have read this book. Mm. And I would recommend other people read it. I think it... But it makes... Can I finish my oh. point? Sorry. But it makes me kind of annoyed that this is... If this is someone's first novel of theirs that I wrote or that I've read. Yeah. It, and it gets to that point where I'm annoyed that people who are doing these first novels... I don't know if it's first novels, but like the, if it's an early novel or first in the series, which has got so much promise, mm. it kind of annoys me that somebody didn't say, hey, wait a second. Look, this is really, really good. Mm tighten up that first half mm -hmm. cut out some like it could it, it feels like one more draft of this or one more like major overhaul one more bit of editing mm. could have could have gone a long way into make this for me a five-star book yeah but it's nowhere near a five-star book because if it, it 
it falls short. However, if we look over here with this uh, Too Light the Lightning, I gave that 4.5 stars. Yeah. Because again, I had this thing where it's sort of like, wow, Ada Palmer with Too Light Lightning, Terra Ignota, book one, she is aiming really, really high. And I immediately went on to read Seven Surrenders, which is the second book in that series. Yeah. And it was, I also gave it four and a half stars. Right. Because she was aiming high, but throwing all the craziness stuff in there, like crazy, crazy stuff, chunky books, lots of big writing, yeah. lots of big story, lots of I big concepts. through the first Ev chapters. Yeah. Everything was in there and yeah. it worked. Okay. And this feels like a book which could have worked. Yes. And I think Tasmin Muir would have the skill to pull it off. She certainly got the writing talent. Yeah. She certainly got the ideas, yeah. but it falls short in, in some kind of major ways for me. Yeah. And, and that's and that's kind of annoying yeah. that I want somebody's first book with this much promise to actually pull off the book. Mm. But it feels like this is like, again, I'm not going to say this is the way it is, but it feels like I don't want it to be too much like Anne Leckie, who pulled off that first book yeah. with with uh, with ancillary justice and then yes. we read provenance and it was like one of the worst books that i've read <laughs> and some of these other books which you which you go oh this is amazing and they put all their their um ideas and this passion into this first book yeah. and then they're like oh and now we need another series for you or another standalone novel mm. and they're better at writing but all the passion is gone yeah or, or all the stuff which i'm passionate about as a reader yeah. leaves and what i want is i want the quality of the writing and the craziness of the ideas mm. and the throw everything on the wall and see what it sticks in a way which I love, which is why, you know, like Nine Fox Gambit. I'm like, yeah, just keep just get, just keep injecting this into my brains yeah. and, and veins, my yeah. brain and my veins. <laughs> let me put it yeah. that way. Just keep injecting this. And this book falls short mm. in a way which Too Light the Lightning and Nine Fox Gambit and even Ancillary Justice, whatever. No, which is the first one? Yeah, Ancillary Justice, whichever ones those are. And, and even the first book in that Broken Earth. Yeah. Uh, series. Yeah. These books land for me in a way which I wanted this book to land for me mm. and it didn't. Yeah. And that's and that so I feel like I want to rate it down due to disappointment even if overall <laughs> I don't think it's a bad book. Yes. But it for me it was a disappointing book even though I came out of the other end enjoying most of it. Yeah. So it's this really weird balance for me, a book which I mostly enjoyed, but then didn't enjoy the experience of reading it because I felt disappointed. Like I got halfway through the book and I was like, how is this book, which I'm so much enjoying reading, yeah. also feeling so much, I feel so much disappointing and I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> yes. um, so that's what I, I want to say. It's a very complex feelings for me with this book. Yeah, for me as well, because I, I, I really struggled <laughs> and uh, it was really difficult for me. I found the point I wanted to make. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember in Revelation Space, there's this um, this woman, the Russian woman. Yeah. I, I don't know her name anymore. Um, Ivana something. Uh, and, and she reminded me a little bit of her. Yeah. She had the this kind of like, you know, cursing, sassy and strong and cool and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So... Um, this is how my. I, this is why it's such a. I I felt like it was such a pity that I didn't attach more to the main character because right. I liked her in a way. Ilya Vol Volnova. Yes. Volnova. Yes. Okay. She reminded me very much of her, and um, so at the end, I I was kind of like, oh, I want to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't. You you just didn't connect. Yes. You just didn't have the yeah. connection. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to me, it feels like it feels ambitious and it feels really creative and it feels really intellectual and. Um, but it didn't land for you. 
not so much. It's a hard book, I think. It's 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 not easy. It's not it's not an easy. Uh, but it's such oh, a whirlwind. I... It's such a whirlwind, and then sometimes yes. I get caught up in the whirlwind yes. and taken along with it. And in this case, it was a whirlwind, and I didn't get caught up in the whirlwind. Yeah. I was kind of just following a whirlwind along. Yeah. I Do you thought, understand that? I thought she had she had an, uh, a world laid out. She had yeah. so many ideas um, that I wished the editor would have said, okay. Um, in the, in some cases, less is more, and if you keep some of these ideas for the the other books or the there's, other, it looks like there's ideas for the other books. Yes, I, and I hope they are um, equally cool, and we yep. get to see actually some more space or oh, whatever. Oh, you're going to read the next book? Do you think? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Comes out in August. Well, let's see. See, see if this science fiction book review podcast, it we're only ever going to be reading sec, sec, <laughs> second novels and series and things or whatever happens. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll become a. a um, a serious podcast. Okay, I was going to look up the uh, the twenty twenty Nebula Awards. Um, oh, it says they've already announced the winners oh. of the ne Nebula Awards. So let's see okay. who won. Best novel went to A Song for a New Day by Sarah Pinsker. Gideon okay. the Ninth didn't win. Gods okay. of Sh Gods of Jade and Shadow didn't win. A Memory Called Empire didn't win. Hey, that's another, this book is one where they have the na the numbers in the names yes. and memory called Empire. Everyone has a oh, number in the name as well. Sorry, I quite like that one. The 10,000 Doors of January and The Mark of Cain. Um, also didn't get it. Uh, yes. A Song a song for a New Day won the best novel. Okay. So I, I I don't know what, what that is. So, um, Oh, oh! I did. I remember from the uh, from the uh, incomparable podcast. It's a book about uh, a, 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 a a pandemic coming out, wiping lots of people off Earth, and everyone living oh, in quarantines. And really? someone who's a who's a musician and is really disappointed because she used to play live gigs, and now she's still a musician and she can't play live gigs anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, how does that work in virtual reality? So uh, maybe I should read that and well, figure I'm, out how I'm I not should live my life from now on. I'm not interested in um, reading a book about pandemics, but maybe yeah, it's a Nebula winner. A, yeah, but we we have other books from that list that are on our reading list now no because well. I, oh. I started 10,000 Doors of January and stopped after the first few chapters because oh. I realised I didn't want to do it so I returned audiobook and, oh, that I, was a, and I did it and I've okay, checked I, out and did one two, so. I, I put that out to read and two people already liked that I put this out to okay Gods of Jade and Sh Shadow I uh, may read at some point but again the books that people say it's like and that's why they like it I didn't like that book so I'm not sure oh, right. they said it's like American Gods but instead of American Gods like Mexican Gods so it's okay. sort of like the hmm. old gods of Mexico now living in modern day Mexico or maybe I think 1920s Mexico or whatever okay. and then people meeting up the gods of the old Mexican gods the Mayan gods but then now in the modern world with sort of like American gods existing okay. at the same time sounds kind of fun I'm not sure yeah. but also if people say oh it's like American gods and that's why I like it American gods is literally a book that I tried reading three times and stopped reading three times or at least twice anyway yeah. so uh, okay yeah. so I interrupted again um, with your rating actually. oh no I didn't rate it yes I haven't rated it yet exactly so what's your rating I, it's difficult for me I don't I kind of don't want to rate it because in some ways I want to rate it highly and in other ways I, I want to rate it low yes but but I don't. It's not a two star book. It's not no, like I want to be a two star book. And I said it could have been a five star book, but it never got to a point where oh, in some ways it's five star, but then it gets knocked down. So I'm gonna have to give it like three stars, like really middling. Yeah. But it feels like a better book than yes. that. It feels like a between three and four book. <laughs> it feels like it should be a four star book, but actually. While I was reading, because I have to kind of like, do I just put like when you reach the very last page of the book yeah. or even after the discussion we have on a podcast? Yeah. After that point, do I rate how much I 
have in, I have enjoyed, no, I do I rate how much I enjoy having read it? For in other words, like I can put aside everything that I was feeling on the way, yes. but I got to the end, that yes. feels good. And then I talk to you about it, and that feels good. Yeah. Am I reviewing what it's like to it have finished read the book? Yes. This is how I feel. I, I felt like during reading the book, I, there were big parts that I didn't enjoy it yeah. and that didn't have a connection to it. But, but now retrospectively, I enjoy all the all the things that are in it and yeah but i know. don't even think there was any time in the book where i wasn't enjoying it and but yet that I has something maybe to do with the, you listening to the audiobook yes and i think it is i think this was saved a lot by the quirky voices yeah. and the fun accents who was it who read the um, audiobook oh I, I just had it here as well uh gideon ninth audiobook someone called moira moira quirk uh don't know her but she did a great job like i say different accents for each one of the houses uh, so good now is the point for you to recommend this on Audible. Oh yeah, Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SFBRP. Nobody has used that sign-up code for so long. I, I think every, all of my listeners... Already have uh, Audible. I'll have done it and stuff um, like that. All of the few hundred people who li regularly listen to this are like, yeah, yeah, audibletrial.com. So how, how do we put this down in, into... Well, I've given it three stars, but it okay. feels like... There were parts of the book where I was like, this should be a five-star book, but yeah. they were, it never got to that. It never won me over. And I think that's the thing. A book which I enjoyed all the way through, but I was always enjoying it at about a three-star level, mm. was then r knocked down from that for being the pacing being off, yeah. but then winning me over again at the end, but yes. only bringing it back up to a three-star yeah. book, which sounds crazy because it felt like it should be a five-star book. Yes. But there's books which I've wanted to give five stars, but it hasn't quite reached it, so I give it four and a half or four stars. Yeah. But this was never that. It felt like it, sh it should be a five-star book experience, but it, it just never came close. No. But it felt like it was always like it was always like knocking on the door, mm. but was never like barging its way through the door and then tripping <laughs> over. If you know what I mean, like other books barge their way through the door. I'm a five star book and then trip over a bit. And I'm like, oh, good effort. You got through that. I think it's a five star book. Yes. Whereas this one always felt like someone was knocking on. Hey, this is a five star book. This yeah. is a five star <laughs> book. And just never got through the door. And I'm like, well, you didn't even get in. You didn't even get into my brain. You didn't even get into my heart. You know, yes. Yes. so I know this is me just giving lots of analogies and metaphors of how what it feels like to yeah, read a book Yeah, but that's the only me. way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, like, How um, else would the, you... the rating is my subjective experience of reading the book. And yeah. unfortunately, it was a three-star book, and it, but it felt like it should always be much higher, but because it yeah. never got to that point. I think if I would maybe read this again, or maybe in German, if there would be a yeah. really great translator, because this has to be a really great translation for Yeah, it's to very work. tricky. Um, yes, I... I can see that, and I, I think... No, I, but you've got to review the book you read, not the book that you wish you would have read. I could say if this book had had a better editor and they'd have chopped out a few characters and chopped <laughs> down that first half, yeah, it would have been a five-star book. But that's uh, a bit. the point is you can't review the book you wish you read. Yeah, you've got to review difficult. this. It took you a long time to read it, partly because you're in hospital. You Give me a number. You've got to give me a number. If you don't want to give me a number, it'll just stay as a three-star book. Yeah, let's just put a three. Okay, three. Because, because it... Because I feel I would feel weird putting it down, putting it. It's lower okay than to rotate it lower. lower than three. No. It's okay to do but that. Then, but then it has lots of things in it that I really, 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 really appreciate. The rating that gets onto the website and on here that people look up in the list. If you go to Audible, no, if you sorry Audible, if you go to sfbrp.com and click on episode list, you'll see every book that we've reviewed yeah. you click on a ranking every episode where we've both read the book that ranking isn't my ranking isn't your ranking it's, it's the average joint. it's the mean of our both subjective experiences of, of reading the book or slash having read the book so 
Three stars is fine if we're both there. You don't feel bad about knocking down a book. It's only a book. Tasmin Muir has already got the Nebula uh, nomination. Yeah. She's set as an author. And, and, and she will get there. It feels like yeah. she, there, there's something... We've passed an hour for oh, a yeah. book that you didn't think you had much to talk say about. See, this is also this is adding to then my rating because, Why? because if there's a book that I think like... Is no, like, but if, you're, if you're talking about it more because it's a flawed book, just because you enjoy talking about the book doesn't make the book better. And I think that's, that's, sometimes you go, oh, it made, like the conversation made me realize more stuff in the book or made me reflect on it more and now I enjoy it more. Or I, like I enjoy the story or I like it better. But if the conversation is just us pointing out how disappointed we are in the book, if you enjoy talking about how disappointed you are in the book, that's a review, that's, you're reviewing our relationship and how we talk about things and how we enjoy media together. It's not reviewing the book. So that's the thing. I think that's it. All right, three star book. The yep. next book that we're going to review, I'm not sure because I, I have read another book. And in that, the meantime, that, that I am halfway through. Oh, yeah, because you would. Always, this is another book where I was like, oh, I'm thinking of this book. And you're like, yeah, I started that as an ebook and I'm halfway through it already. And then the library took yeah, it back. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. there's a book called Vanishing Bird, Vanishing Birds? The Vanished Birds. The Vanished Birds by Simon Jimenez, yeah. is how they pronounce it. Yeah, in, Jimenez. Uh, in, uh, on, on Audible. Yes. Jim, Jimenez, uh, if you're looking it up, if you're look, wanting to look up and you're not quite sure what Jimenez is. So, yeah. um, yes, I, I finished that book already. And now I'm reading Salvation, which is a, another science fiction book by Peter F. Hamilton, which I've got lots of things to say about, even though I'm like only on the fourth chapter. But it's there's okay. th there's lots of stuff going on is in that book too. Is this also a trilogy? Uh, like a, uh, a, it's a series, a, probably. A series. Yeah. You shouldn't read it. Is it this the is, first book? In it's the, the first book, but you shouldn't read it. I, I'll put it this way. I'm not going to wait for you to finish that book before talking to it. Is it, it. one of these massive it's, uh, Peter Hamilton books? It's again. We don't, I don't want to talk about that book. I'm just saying that I'm not going to wait for you to finish it before we review it because I'm already a number of books behind. Right, that's yes. it. Um, you can email me, luke at juggler.net. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. Also on Instagram, at Luke Burridge. And if you don't just want to see juggling videos, you can follow me at um, not, not juggling Luke. And Juliana's on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find her at J-U-K-U Berlin. Um, Juku Berlin. Juliana Kunzendorf Berlin. Which doesn't really well, fit anymore, but, but it's well, uh, close enough you to live, Berlin. We live close enough to Berlin. We live a few kilometers away from Berlin. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so uh, that's all cool. Uh, that's it. Again, next book, not sure which one it's going to be, but uh, we'll get to it uh, pretty soon. As soon as Juliana's finished a book or I finished a book, <laughs> whichever happens first, we'll have a book for us to review. Yes, um, that is true. So listen out for that. That's it from us. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.